There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to season five of the Iron Brew podcast. Matt Ellis, Matt Blanchard, and a really warm welcome to the newest member of the podcast panel, Toby Skelton. Thank you very much for that. Thank you very much for having me on this season. I really do appreciate it. It's nice to be asked. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get started. Fantastic. And um, straight at the, the top of the show, um, we, we a little bit of sad news, I suppose. Our obviously regular host, Brad Mel, has um, unfortunately decided to take a step back from from presenting this this podcast for the time being um, due to work commitments and and a, f- a few other things. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Brad will be back. He's he's reliably informed me he will be back to continue to host the conversation specials that we do. And hopefully there'll be some of those coming soon. Um, but for now, you've uh, got yours truly to uh, to to host the podcast. So we'll, we'll see how that goes for good or for ill. But now we've got that uh, kind of housekeeping out of the way. Um, you know, as I said, this is season five of the Iron Brew podcast. We've been going for probably longer than any of us thought we would be doing. And, and you know, we are absolutely still here and we will be recording regularly again this season. And hopefully it will be a good season. You know, it's it's we're very much in uncharted territory, aren't we? This is this is new for all of us and um, for all, everybody going to Tamworth on Saturday. Um, you know, it, it the ground is going to be a little bit of a culture shock, really. I, I think it probably resembles more of a shed than a football stadium um, compared to kind of what we're, we're used to in... Um, you know, obviously being in the championship not that long ago, really. So um, we will see how we get on. <clears throat> and I think it's it's worth saying that it's been an interesting preseason, hasn't it? The, in, in, in kind of true Scunthorpe United fashion, there's been a, a whole mix of emotions in there. There's been some really, really promising stuff, some some fantastic signings and, and really kind of a nice shape coming to the squad I've got to say some kind of jitters in, in some of the first preseason games a little bit of anxiety around there and obviously we've still kind of got this um, this stadium issue kind of looming large in the background which is, is is something that we will talk about a little bit in this podcast today and we cannot um, ignore it so it's it's kind of in the background isn't it but I think it, it's it's by and large been one, an interesting preseason, but two, I think a generally positive preseason. And I think that given the the kind of sheer amount of signings, but also the the the, the real quality of those signings um, that have kind of come into the club um, over the summer, and also some really really good results in in preseason against you know proper league and non league opposition alike. So um, you know we we let let's get straight into it then, and 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 let's talk about Jimmy Dean. I think because he's he's such a Obviously, being the manager, he's such a focal kind of figure to this to this season, really, because obviously he was kind of the chairman stuck behind him. Hilton stuck behind him, didn't, didn't he, last season after bringing all the players in and, and having some really kind of disappointing results that unfortunately saw us relegated again um, down to the National League um, North. And and obviously the chairman stuck with him um, and we'll, we'll see if that's the right decision. And he's obviously backed him really, really heavily with some serious money and some kind of serious um, investment um, to bring in a really, really good squad of players. So um, let's talk about Jim, Jimmy Dean. And, and you know, m- my question is t- to you both. I think on um, what we saw last season, you know, I think he did split the fans down the middle. I think 
there were still quite a few that were that were backing him um, that were kind of saying he deserves the summer to get his own players in and, and see what he does and, and obviously that's what's happened so you know I'm, I'm open to it I think he knows the level I think that's a positive I think you know the way that he's got them playing in pre-season from what I've seen we look good we look organised defensively we look quite good he's obviously got some players in there now that, that appear to want to play for the, the club and they, they seem committed. So I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, everyone was disappointed with the way last season finished. And I think the most disappointing thing for me was was the way we really threw the towel in towards the end of the season and to finish that far adrift, it, it just really kind of, you wouldn't have expected it, would you? When he first came in, there was there was quite a lot of optimism. We did have a couple of decent results. And then, yeah, it was just a case of just after that Notts County game, seemed to throw the towel in and, and it just, just didn't happen for us. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's a new season. He's got his own players in there now. I think obviously a lot of players came in in January. Whether he picked all those players or not remains to be seen. And, you know, even if he did pick those players, I think there is a, a good argument that there was probably not that many quality players left to pick from at the end of the day because we were kind of getting into the back end of January and obviously we had to do the business quite late. So potentially there weren't that many good players available and we were left with what we what we got in which ultimately wasn't good enough so I think you know everyone's got to get behind him I think uh, I've seen some comments in pre-season after the Winterton game saying he should go and, and things like that you know at the end of the day it's only pre-season and as disappointing that result is you know you look at it and think bloody hell we, we normally put six or seven past these this is how far we've fallen you know he has turned it around since then and, and they're looking quite sharp so I think we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt and as I say he knows the level he's got a decent enough record at the level and now he's been backed quite heavily with the players he's been allowed to bring in so um, yeah hopefully it all kind of falls into place yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think that we gave him a lot of time in the last season, despite the results being extremely subpar. I mean, the last five games, we lost all of the last five consecutively. Um, and obviously, after the Barton, sorry, the Prague um, and the Winterton games, he came under a lot of intense scrutiny, which is overly so. But obviously, since beating Burton, since drawing against the likes of Hull, uh, Doncaster, for example, uh, you know, these are obviously established EFL teams. He's definitely proven that he can um, put in performances for the, for the club. Um, so, I think he knows the pressure he's under because he knows that this is a massive club at this level. The squad that he's got at his disposal is incredible. Um, it's probably our best squad for years, even better than our sort of League Two squad, I reckon. Um, some of the players that we've got, you know, some of the players have got are definitely EFL level players, like Roberts, for example. You know, he can play a lot higher than this. Ogle uh, could probably play a lot higher than this as well. So he knows the task at hand. Um, and I think, yeah, he's obviously got the experience here with Peterborough Sports. You know, he gave them, I think he was mid-table with them, wasn't he, last season before he came to us. So he's got previous uh, history in the level. Uh, he knows what to expect. So I think he knows that we need to start off really well. Uh, there's no room for error um, because the knives will be out quickly if there's any sort of bad results in the opening first few games. Um, but yeah, the fans definitely warmed to him recently um, after the, the, the games, I say against Hall especially, um, and Gainsborough, you know, the fans really sort of thought, okay, he's uh, he's turned good here, basically. Um, there's more optimism around the club now. So I think if he starts in a good vein of form, then yeah, he deserves, obviously, he, he does deserve the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> really that is what we're looking at, isn't it? I think that that, that kind of um, importance of, of hitting the ground running and, and kind of making use of, of these signings and really kind of sort of putting a marker down in the first few games um, is, is something that 
look, every Iron fan and Mr. Hilton will, will be looking for it. And, and, you know, that kind of confidence in, in Jimmy Dean from the chairman is he, he's kind of placed all his bets on the ability of Jimmy to, to get the results in. And I think that kind of that was probably the plan really to, to move really hard and really fast in in the summer for, for transfers. And, and and we've done that and and get the wins in early, get the momentum building so we can get people through through the door, through the turnstile at, at Glamper Park and, and get those get those crowds up. And, and and as we saw kind of last year, Hilton will have seen the home game against Barnet and the, the kind of 5,000 plus fans in, in the stadium and, and thinking and wanting to be able to replicate that. And obviously we're at a lower level. However, people will turn up if we're playing good attacking football and we are winning a lot of games. And, and I think that they've, They've bet everything on that this season that the start is going to be fast and it's going to be good. And and all signs point to, towards that being the case. And, and we hope so. Obviously, we, we won't know until it, it really starts to kick off. And we're kind of like maybe five, 10 games into to really understand kind of how we're going to perform in, in, in a league that's very much an unknown quantity to us. Um, and, and, and you know, and, and let's look kind of what we're putting our hopes on in, in terms of the new signings. Really, we've brought in a lot of new players. Um, as, we, as we keep saying some really, really good quality in there. Um, you know, <clears throat> experienced keeper in in the form of um, Russ Fitzsimmons, um, a whole host of, of of defenders. You know, you've got Kelly Evans, Gagoon, also. <clears throat> um, you know, kind of we, we've kept Boyce there through the experience, and also Ogle is fantastic player at this level. And his hair, of course, we we can't forget about his hair, which I'm sure we'll see in abundance on Saturday against Tamworth. I've not bought one, um, but I'm sure quite a few people have. So that'll be interesting to see. And again, through the midfield, we, we've brought in more quality, um, you know, very, very accomplished, accomplished kind of passing midfield, in, including at this level. And, and again, we spoke about Roberts, who of course is um, sponsored by the um, Iron Brew Forum members. So um, thanks to everybody there for, for chipping into that. So hopefully they'll have a very productive season and and, and you'll hear the Iron Brew name ring around the golf park a few times. So that should be interesting. Good to keep Cameron Wilson. I know we spoke about Wilson a little bit, Matt, um, at the end of last season. We weren't quite sure. I, I did say that I'd like to keep him and, and and you know, kind of we, we weren't sure about him um, a little bit. Uh, maybe things in terms of his attitude towards the end of the season. However, he's had a really good preseason. I think he will do really, really well at this at this level. So I'm, I'm kind of glad he stayed. And, and then, you know, look look at the midfield. There's loads of other quality in there. Obviously, Butterfield should be absolutely fine at this level. And, um, you know, we could go on. And again, Whitehall, another really, really big signing. So it'll be interesting to see how he does um, alongside Elliot. If indeed Jimmy decides to play, you know, 4-4-2, uh, we, we probably not, but we'll find out anyway. So, but yeah, you know, kind of for you guys, um, you know, what's the pick of the bunch? Well, just on that Wilson comment, I think I got that right actually, because because you were claiming he'd go elsewhere, and I said he'd stay because there's no one being for him, and and that's obviously what's happened. Um, but having said that, you know he's he's been in good form, scored quite a few goals, hasn't he, in pre-season? He's been looking sharp. I think at this level, in patches last season, he proved that he could be a good player at, at the national league. He obviously got that England C call up, playing quite well for a time. Obviously tailed off towards the end with with the rest of them, uh, but I do think at this level he's going to be a really good player to have you know, in and around the squad. So um, not too disappointed, you know, that, that he didn't get the move. I think I think that will benefit us um, over the course of the season. But I think, you know, just on the whole, looking at the players that came in, comparing them to what came in in January, there does seem to be, you know, that they're at a different level. Uh, and you can see that, you know, that they've played quite a lot of games at either level above or, you know, the top end of the National League last year or even, you know, Roberts coming down from Scotland. So you can see that, you know, they're all decent players. I mean, there's a couple I, I quite like the look of. I quite like the look of Law. I think he's he's going to be quite good. Um, I was impressed with him the whole game. I think 
you know, he looks quite sharp. You know, there's no complaints with any of them, really. You know, they all look decent signings. And I think that's one thing you've, you've got to say, really, that it appears that the club have got the signings right. And I think we mentioned at the back end of last season, it was something they had to do. Um, and I know we've been saying this for the last three or four years, um, that we've got to get the signings right and we've got to get the right players in the building. But I think looking at the players they've brought in on paper, they're all capable of playing at the level or higher. As Toby said, you know, there's quite a few that, are in there that um, that could easily be playing at a higher level, um, and now you know it's just whether they're up for it really, and um, you know that the, the quality is definitely there. It's just whether they're going to be able to cope with the the National League North. Obviously, it might be a bit of a different test for some of them um, going to some of these grounds and, and playing some of these teams and on some of the pitches, whether it be the 4G or just really poor quality pitches. So it is going to be a bit of a test. It's going to be a shock, but I think we've probably got the quality to have a good go and I think anything less would be would be really disappointing given sort of the investment in the squad this summer. I think just to cut in a little bit there, I think it's, it's kind of worth underlining that really, uh, how consistently shit Scunthorpe United have been in the sort of past five or six seasons in recruitment. You know, we say every season, you know, you need to get that kind of spine of the team in and, and it's something we've never really done. We've always had kind of question marks over, over the goalkeeping position. Um, but I think like everything there that we've been concerned about before has been addressed this summer. So I think that, you know, <clears throat> forget the kind of off the field turmoil and things like that for the minute. But the actual recruitment is something we've done really, really, really well. And it's something we've not been able to do for a long, long time. For whatever reason, we've never seemed to have got it right. But evidence would suggest this summer that something's changed and we've done such a good job of bringing these kind of players in that that, that we want, that we think are going to get us straight back up. So credit to to Jimmy and credit to to Dave Hilton there for getting that sorted. I think it's just worth underlining that. But, um, you know, let's let's go back to to, to the panel. Toby, what do you think to the new guys? Well, I think it's very refreshing to see all these players because previously... We'd sign players late in the window. We did our business really early this time. We brought in genuine quality, as you both have said. Um, and I think previously in transfer windows, we'd just sign players for the sake of it. You know, we'd bring in players who, on paper, were just, they weren't good enough. You know, we saw it last season. But this time, I think we brought in players who genuinely will add quality to the team rather than just making the numbers up. Because every transfer window in the past sort of few years, we've studied is massive. And every time we've failed, um, catastrophically but this time you know I'm actually optimistic that we've made the right calls and I'm really really upbeat about it you know just seeing names having the squad you know Clunan you know Beast and Roberts Wilson on his day um in midfield you know we've got obviously Whitehall um Elliot for example as well you know these these are top quality strikers top quality players overall and yeah I've, I've not really gone into a season for a long time feeling this optimistic because usually we just expect um you know a slow start the players not to be good enough. But this time, there's a genuine sense of optimism that we've got it right. And that's something that is just so rare at Smith United. So absolutely credit to, to Jimmy and David for that. Yeah, I think one actually that I'm, I'm really pleased stayed is uh, Butterfield. Uh, and I know he still might go if something comes up. You know, he might still move on. But I do think he was a good player last season. He was probably our best player when he, when he was playing consistently. And he should be able to be, you know, one of the better players at this level as well. There's nothing to suggest he won't be. You know, he's got that quality. He obviously scored a really good goal at the weekend, which which just kind of underlined that. And I was pleased to see him stay because I'd kind of resigned myself to kind of him moving on. And I think everyone had. I think that was, you know, that's what the club was saying, that he wanted to explore um, other offers and, and things like that, which was fine. You know, you can understand that because he can definitely still play at a higher level. But it's just going to be interesting if he does fit into that and where he fits in, whether it is, a, you know, starting 11 but 
you know, if not, it's a good experienced player on the bench. And, and definitely, as we go through the season, you know, we, we are going to pick up injuries. We are going to, you know, on some of these pitches, things like that. It's, I think he's a great player to have in and around the club. So, uh, yeah, that was one I'm really pleased he stayed. And hopefully he can get some game time. Because I still think, you know, on, on his day, he's probably one of our better players. Yeah, I, I kind of thought as well, you, the immediate thought is when you get relegated that, you know, you look at the, the team the team sheet and it's going to be like, you know, Butterfield, surely he's going to leave. And uh, and thankfully he didn't really. And, and you'd like to think that, that Jimmy will, will you know, will he'll be kind of front and centre of his plans really. And obviously that remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, hopefully, so as you said, he scored a goal against Burton at the weekend and, you know, at League One opposition, which which we, we won at home. So, you know, <clears throat> some, some really kind of positive signs there and everything seems to be at the minute on the pitch moving in the right direction which for the most part isn't something that we've seen in, in pre-season for a long long time so you know who who could begrudge Iron fans for being pretty pretty optimistic and, and I kind of uh, include myself amongst that number really and, and I think that I'd like to see a really good kind of statement performance at the weekend um, against Tamworth um, so hopefully um, we, we will get a good start to the season <clears throat> Um we we do need to talk about um other things that are happening at the club at the minute. Um uh, we, we can't shy away from it. Um, you know, we, we, we need to remain balanced and, and we we've kind of presented a case for why um we think, you know, kind of the club has, has um done a fantastic job in, in the summer for recruitment uh, and the preseason's gone really, really well. Um but we, we do need to look at some of the off pitch issues um just a little bit, um, just to bring some balance. But that <clears throat> it needs to be said, really, and and it's still at, at times, um, Scunthorpe United is a football club in turmoil. Unfortunately, um, there is no shying away from that. Um, so what what are we concerned about at the minute, most lads, in in terms of what's going on behind the scenes? For me, it's the ground issue. Obviously, it's the elephant in the room thing that every sort of fan is thinking back of their mind. You know, where are we going to play next season? Are we going to be at GP? Are we going to be elsewhere? You know, it's just frustrating because we've had all this turmoil for nigh on five years or so now and I think everyone just wants some clarity they just want official confirmation that we're going to be here we're going to be playing hopefully in Scunthorpe um, it's all up in the air you know if the results do take a turn for the worst at the start of the season fans will again question the chairman they will question the sort of the club and you know, they'll want answers for that sort of thing so the results in have sort of managed to paper over the cracks of that situation I think especially the the Burton the Hall games the games Brunkerton games um, but if results did take a turn for the worst, yeah, questions will be asked, and again, frustrations will definitely come out. But I think we just we just need clarity. You know, it's gone on for, for a long time now. We're hearing conflicting stories. No one really knows what exactly is going on. And you know, so these players that we brought in came under the pretense they're going to play at Gaffer Park, not a different ground. You know, twenty miles away, for example, or something. You know, um, so I think for everyone, we just need to know what's going on, and the sooner the better, really, because when these things drag on. For a long time, it never particularly ends well. So I think we just want a resolution quickly. The problem is, I mean, the most frustrating thing, I think you, you kind of mentioned it there, but we, we brought all these players in. We've done some really good business. On the face of it, you know, it looks like we're going to have a squad that's capable of challenging. If not, you know, we we need to target promotion. That's, that's um, you know, they've got to, we've got to aim for that. But the, the problem is, all this that's going on in the background could derail things. I mean, you look at the ground issue, I would imagine in the next month or so, we're going to have a, a court date with, um, you know, with, with Cool Silk and, and the club and David Hilton. And ultimately, it, who knows which way that's going to go? I mean, we don't know. We, we've got, we've heard kind of both sides of the story in the press uh, recently. 
at the end of the day, it's going to come down to to a judge, and and ultimately we could be homeless overnight. That's that's the that's the reality of the situation um, at the moment. Obviously, everyone's hoping that that's not the case and that we can stay at Glanford Park. I think there's there's massive implications. You know, if we do have to move and play at Gainsborough or, or somewhere like that, you know, there's there's big issues with sort of finance. Um, you're not going to get that many fans going across to Gainsborough. There's going to be people that probably want refunds on the season tickets that, that can't make Gainsborough or, um, you know, they, they sit down at Glenford Park, but there's not as many seats at, at somewhere else where we play. Um, there's all these issues which are going to kind of rear the head if that does come to fruition. And unfortunately, you know, that's, we, we don't know. And, and I think at the moment we're just in limbo until that decision is made. But as Matt said, I think you said in your piece in the week, Matt, it's just kind of a dark cloud over the club at the minute, unfortunately. And I think obviously everyone's quite excited by the new players and and there is an optimism around the place that we can have a really successful season. But for me, I, I'm just struggling to get excited about about it all. I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. Obviously, I think it'd be a good day out and um, you know, hopefully we get a decent result. But at the moment, the season as a whole and the club as a whole I'm not quite buying into all the the, the excitement around it at the moment um, because of all these things that are happening in the background. And I think there are some decent things happening at the club. You know, we, we'll probably speak about the appointment of the directors, um, although obviously that's not been made official yet. I think there's a board meeting towards the end of the week and perhaps after that they'll be made official uh, at company's house. Um, you know, th- there's some good things going on down there, but unfortunately... With this in the background, um, yeah, I'm just struggling to get too excited about it. And I think we've got to be cautious because at the end of the day, things can turn on its head very quickly. And I think, yes, things might be looking good on, on the field, but um, at the moment, off the pitch, I don't think we're out of the woods yet, unfortunately. I think, it, you know, by and large, it's, it's that sort of optimism that, that people want to sort of cling to and, and, and that kind of light at the end, of, the end of the tunnel mentality and that kind of bright future kind of thinking that we, we've been getting and, and, and the messaging coming out of the club and, and, and things like that have certainly been along those lines and, and a lot of fans have, have kind of bought into that and <clears throat> which is absolutely absolutely fine absolutely understandable but I think that uh, you know also I think just just something to note as well I, I kind of noticed over, over the weekend was, was kind of Berry's first kind of home league game in in, in brackets there um league uh, inverted commas even um <clears throat> against I think it was Glossop where they they played at, back at Gig Lane um, for the first time in four years in, in front of over 5,400 people. Um, and I think they put four or five past gloss up there. I think, you know, people see that kind of success story in, in Bury um, in terms of the ref- reformation and, and kind of that you know, they've been through everything really. And, and obviously the, the, the club's reformed and, and then being able to go back to, to Gig Lane and then register in a league and, and bring players in. And and um, I know Andy Welsh, their manager, I think he, he obviously used to play on the left wing for Scunthorpe quite a few years ago now. Uh, so it, it's... It's interesting to see that, and and I think um, you know Iron fans will see that and and, and kind of see sort of parallels in 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 our club and, and the way we we've been through kind of um, you know the, all the shit we've been through in, in in the past few seasons and like to think that you know that that's a future we can have with you know sustainable leadership um, kind of um, the security of owning the ground and things like that which which we all want and, and and as you said Matt I think that 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 kind of thing until that is absolutely nailed down and sorted out and and, and the club. You know the ground is owned by the club once more. Um, I think that those question marks are always going to be there, and and I don't think anybody should begrudge any fan at all 
for views, you know, certainly such a view, just communicate them that way. You are excited, however, you are still kind of cautious um, and, and you think kind of in terms of trepidation there, um, just to try, try and kind of, you know, it, it still can, unfortunately, as you said, kind of turn on a sixpence and, and go really um, wrong. And we none, none of us want to see that. Obviously, we want to see. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Kind of an, an amicable conclusion reached by both Peter Swan and, and David Hilton that ensures the future of the club and um you know and, and hopefully kind of the, the good feeling that we've got at the minute just before the start of the season obviously it can all turn to shit on Saturday let's hope it doesn't um but all all that goes in the right direction but really that kind of sticking point at the minute is is the possession of the ground so um you know let's hope that that really really does get get sorted as as, as soon as possible and, and as you said we're still waiting the outcome of the court case which probably isn't too far away now so um you know let, let's hope that there's some sort of agreement or some sort of positive result in in whatever fashion that might be for the club and and if we do make a good start that 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 can be sustained then by the news of the ground moving back into club ownership and I think that you know if that can happen we will have a really really positive season and I think at that point a lot of fans will then sort of completely or at least nearly completely buy into to kind of the, the Hilton regime and, and, and think look we now own our, our ground apparently we're on a sustainable footing we're winning games we've got a good squad people are coming every Saturday to Glamford Park to see a Scunthorpe United team win um, and you know and I think that, that that's the ultimate aim of this season really it's not just a kind of um, immediate kind of return um, t- to the to the National League it, it's also that kind of return of the ground to the club's ownership so hopefully those two things will sort of be sorted out this season um you know fingers crossed and and at the end of the day we all we all want the same thing you know we're all iron fans um we want to see the club survive um but until that that kind of question mark is is completely being eradicated there will always be doubts unfortunately and that's just the nature of being a a football fan really i think you made a good point on the sustainability um and at the moment, I think the only way really that this is sustainable, I mean, Hilton came in and she had they've overspent this season to try and get promoted. The only real way it's sustainable is if they get the fans through the gates. And obviously we saw last season there was a massive upturn in attendances since David Hilton came in. I know they dropped off after that Barnet game, but they were, they were up massively really, generally a thousand or so every week. So I think he's banking on those fans coming back and obviously that, kind of ties into what we said about needing a really good start to the season and um, obviously if we get a good start to the season win a few games people are going to start coming back as you say Matt that's that's kind of I don't think it matters really what league we're in as long as we start winning and playing some good football I think people will come through the gate so I think that is the way it's sustainable um, in the short term but obviously if you take Lanford Park out of the equation then obviously that that we're not going to be able to get as many people through the gate 
Um, Hilton himself is then going to have to offset that and, and have to put more money into the club just to keep it sustainable. And at the end of the day, to pay the wage bill, because the wage bill, um, obviously, we, we don't know how much um, these new players are on, but you look at some of the players and where they came from, and obviously some that have given up full-time jobs, thinking Clunan, you know, to come here. They're obviously been paid a decent amount and uh, you know someone someone has got to pay that and at the end of the day if we do have to move to Gainsborough somewhere else I'm not sure it's it's that sustainable particularly if it goes on for a long time and the I think the problem is and the danger is now that if you take away any opinions and and kind of if you forget whose side you're on and, and you just look at it look at the fact Hilton had agreed to pay a certain amount for the stadium three million or whatever we want to say it is it's, it's not happened for whatever reason they've fallen out are they going to get back to a to a position where they will work on that deal for the good of the club? I think we're now it's going through the courts and things like that. I, I just can't see that happening. And obviously, that for me, that's the one thing that that would potentially that that needs to happen really for for the club to move forward. But at the moment, I, I just can't see it, unfortunately. Um, so it's going to be interesting, as you say. It's going to be sort of a big month and um, obviously I think towards the end of the month we'll, we'll probably know a little bit more. But as it stands at the moment. We've not heard anything else, but it, it appears we'll be starting the season at Granford Park. And again, you know, that that's another thing uh, with the National League. The National League have been very quiet throughout the whole process. Obviously, they've, they've been focusing on South End and the issues at South End, I think, more than more than the issues here. Um, but if you look at the league rules, then technically you're not actually supposed to be starting the season without a lease in place. Um, so I think they've given us, they must have given us special dispensation to start the season at Granford Park. Um, and then I guess just wait for the outcome of the court case. But I do think a hell of a lot hinges on that. And I think although people are confident in the squad we've put together and, and I'm relatively confident in the squad we've put together, uh, I don't think I'd be rushing to the bookies to to lump on us for promotion at the moment. Um, but it's not because of the squad. It's it's because of all the other issues and, and what could happen on the back of it. Yeah, and, and really, uh, you know, we need to hit the ground running, don't we? And and, and I think, you know, Jimmy will have been told that. Um that's what Iron fans want. We want a fast start to the season. Um, you know, we, we want to get straight into it. We want to score goals. We want to win games. Um, we want to do things that's We want to see things that's net fans have not seen in a long, long time. Um, and and uh, you know, on current showing, I think that that's where we're headed. Um, personally, uh, and and I think that that's what we're going to see. And I hope that's what we're going to see. Um, and 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 as we've as we've kind of spoke about, I just hope that kind of the off field affairs don't work to derail the good work that's been done in, done in the summer. And, and I think that that is probably the biggest worry for me personally, that we get a good start and then something happens in, in this kind of court case hearing that, that maybe doesn't go for the clubs in the club's favour and, and, and we're kind of sort of staring at the abyss, so to speak. So let's hope that doesn't happen and let's hope it is sorted out. But I think that kind of, you know, t- to kind of get a good result out of those things, if we're winning then fans, you know, they're going to be right behind the club and, and, and things like that. And they're going to be bought into it and, and, and they're going to want to see a promotion. They're going to want to see us score loads of goals. They're going to want to see us win games. Um, and, and I like to think that that's what's going to happen. And I like to see the ground resolved, the ground situation resolved as well. So moving on um, from that, really, I think we, we've we've taken a few um, Twitter questions um, and, and I've kind of highlighted um uh, two or three from um, from um, Iron fans on Twitter. So thank you very much for anybody who's kind of submitted their questions um, to the Iron Brew um, page on Twitter. And we'll we'll go from the top. Um, 
Uh, we, we might have covered some of these slightly in, in what we've spoken about, but I think it's good to kind of ag- ag- address them head on, uh, really. So from um, Smeden 35, um, we've got what further changes will have to be made to make the club sustainable and what is the break-even point required on attendances? Um, and those two things, really. Um, guys, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I don't can lose many more staff because, you know, it's kind of working um, with skeleton staff down there and I think they're all doing a great job to to keep things ticking over. So, you know, I, I don't think that's an option. Obviously, the academy has been scaled back a little bit. Um, we know that. We've not really had any... Have we had any official clarification on that? I know um, parents and, and things like that were talking about it, but I don't think we've had any uh, clarification from the club. But obviously, that's that's happened and um, some of the youth teams have been scrapped, which, you know, it's a difficult one because there's obviously been some miscommunication somewhere. Uh, I know Tony Dawes had put a plan together. Um, obviously, that plan is not achievable and um, and the club have had to make a decision, which uh, I think the worst part about that is is the fact that the kids probably got a little bit of hope when Hilton had said, you know, we're going to try and make it work and, and we'll be going forward and, and trying to implement the plan that Tony had put together. Uh, so I think, you know, if, if I was a, a parent of, of one of those, Kids in the academy, I think I'd be pretty pissed off with that. But I understand, you know, if, if it's just not achievable and, and the numbers don't stack up, then unfortunately these kind of decisions have got to be made. Um, but I'd, to be honest, what what else could we cut back on? I think if you look at the staffing, you know, every every department has, has kind of been cut back on. The academy has been cut back on. I think it's just a case of the fans have got to get through the turnstiles and, and support the club. And I think, as as we've mentioned, if the results turn and, and the, we do start picking up the wins, um, I think they will come back. And I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it's it's one of those Hilton's already said he's, he's not got massive amounts of money to, to plough in. The club, you know, the fans have got to get behind the club and, and support the club and get through the turnstiles. And I think, yeah, I think it will happen if we are at the right end of the, the division. But I think there's also, in the back of my mind, there's a potential that, if things don't quite start the way we hoped, then it, it could get quite nasty and, and go completely the opposite direction, which obviously nobody wants. But yeah, in terms of sustainability, I think it, it does kind of come down to, well, there's, there's a number of things that, that could implicate that, you know, big ones, the stadium, as we've already discussed. But um, but yeah, I think it's just a case of fans are going to get have to get behind the club and, and through the turnstiles as often as possible. Yeah, I agree. There's not really much more that we can do in terms of cutbacks, obviously. Um, we've got a very small staff now at the club. Um, you know, we've got a lot of players uh, come in who you would think are on decent wages. Um, so I think ultimately we just need the people to come through the door uh, to come and support the team, uh, to get the crowds up again. Um, in terms of a break-even number for attendances, I think we averaged around, was it 3,500 last season? So you would estimate it needs to be uh, probably slightly above that, which could be a tough ask in the sixth tier. But I think with the ground situation being resolved, with the feel good results, with the feel good factor in the back of the club, I think that definitely could be achievable. Um, so I think yeah, Hilton definitely is banking on the fans returning in their droves, if you will, um, and really backing, really backing the lads. Um, so yeah, in terms of cutbacks, it's it's very hard. You know, we we've cut back most of the of the staff over the past few months, which I think maybe had to be done in, in Hilton's eyes. You know, um, we are obviously a six to two, we're not. I'm not on the AFL team any longer, so we can't afford to have all these non-playing staff on the books uh, at one time. 
Um, but yeah, I think the main thing is to just get the results first, and then other things sort of sort themselves out. And then with fans returning uh, through the gates, then obviously more funds will be available, and then that makes things easier um, on paper, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's that's what we want to see. We want to see more people down at at, at Glenford Park. We want to see a buzz. I, I remember the <clears throat> the Barnet game. You know, I think the the fans were, were queuing into the car park because the turnstiles wouldn't turn in fast enough. So, you know, that's what we want to see every every Saturday, every Tuesday night. Um, whether we will or not, um, who knows? But it's if we do, it's something we haven't really seen consistently at Glenford Park for a long time. So, hopefully, that, that's that's what we'll get this season. Um, <clears throat> Del McLean asks, um, what's happening with the land that the club purchased or acquired? Um, and I think it's an interesting question, actually. And I think to, to an extent, that kind of announcement from from the club that, that they bought two pieces of land um, towards the, the town centre in Scunthorpe um, has, has, has sort of by and large been forgotten recently um, in, in pre-season and, and because of all the signings. And um, But at the end of the day, <clears throat> the club stated that we were going to move into a new stadium um, within two years. Um, and, and I think that announcement was, what, maybe two, three months ago, maybe a little bit more. So um, given that no real work has yet begun that we're aware of and either of those pieces of land, um, time is, is, is ticking away. So um, to both of you, what what has happened there? Yeah, I mean, we don't know the ins and outs on that piece of land. I, I did speak to Hilton a couple of weeks ago and he said that had been acquired and that's kind of where where it's at. I think obviously there's plans being drawn up behind the scenes. I know um, a couple of fans that have spoken to Hilton, I think they've, they've put things on the Facebook group, you know, a couple of drawings and, and things like that that Hilton sent them. But yeah, in terms of updates from the club, I guess it's something we will need in, in the near future, I would imagine, given the fact that the timescales are, I mean, you could say tight, you could say completely unrealistic, given there's no kind of planning or anything like that gone in at the moment. And you look at other stadiums that have been built in the past few years, sort of past 10 years, they all take, you look at Chesterfield, I think that was six years, and they all take around, that, that amount of time you know the, the planning given where it's in the land that it's on the planning could take a while and I think yeah it's it's unrealistic to believe that that we're going to be in there in, in two years or less than two years now um it's okay saying it but you know the, there's there's all the funding you'd have to sort out it's not going to be a cheap project you're probably looking at north of 20 million pounds uh, and I think this is where people have got to be realistic and the big danger that I can see if we do get kicked out of Granford Park in the near future, is that, you know, it's going to take a while if the new ground happens. It's going to be a few years down the line. Um, in the meantime, what do we do? You know, it's very difficult to go somewhere else for, you know, a length of time. If it was for a six-month period or something like that, or a season, for example, I think most people would, would kind of, say fair enough, you know, we, we've got to do it for the sake of the club and, and get down there um, and support the club. And you probably have that novelty aspect of, of going somewhere else, although it wouldn't be ideal for home games. I think, you know, for the first season, people would get behind it. Um, but then you get, you know, I don't know, I, I just think it's it's a big, big ask to ask anyone to go somewhere else for, for more than a season. Uh, I just, I can't see um, that really being sustainable long term and, and I think that's again that's that's the big danger with it if nothing happens with the new stadium if no progress is made uh, and all of a sudden you know we're out and we've got to find somewhere else to play um, that's all very well and good in the short term as I say we could, we could manage it but then you know what's what's the long term plan what's the plan after the end of the season or, or whatever it may be 
Um, and that's the bit that's most concerning for me, I think. It's kind of been announced. There's been some some work. Obviously, Hilton has done a bit of work on it. We know that. We've seen drawings. The council have confirmed. I think, um, you know, Rob Waltham had said he'd had some discussions or, or someone from the council had had some discussions. But as yet, they were still awaiting the planning. So, yeah, it, it's one to keep an eye on. But I think that has to move quickly. If it's going to happen, it has to move quickly. Otherwise, you know, it, it could be a long time down down the road. Um, and that's just just a situation we we have to avoid, really. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, the last, obviously, the grounds, the Swan promised, uh, um, obviously had fans match optimistic, but that one obviously fell through. And fans, you know, have, I guess, careful optimism that that will happen again. Um, but yeah, in regards to the deadline, well, the sorry, the um, the time frame, I should say, that Hilton said the two year thing, just sounds absurd. You know, Rob Bolford and Tuan Humberside a few months ago, he had literally no idea about it. He would say there's no permission being granted from planning. Um, so how how can you build a stadium in two years in a town centre especially? You know, it's it, I guess you've got to be optimistic. You've got to say the right thing to supporters. But, you know, saying that, I think anyone can look through that and just think that's completely unrealistic. So, yeah, in the meantime, you know, where do we go? Uh, will this be a long-term thing? Hopefully not. You know, there's been occasions where clubs like Coventry played at the fountain for a bit. And, you know, that was less than ideal um you know in a club like ours with an aging fan base as well if we're playing at somewhere like Gainsborough with less seating um availability you know where are they gonna go uh crowds will be obviously a shadow of what they would be in Glanford Park so again I just think we just need the clarity on it you know um this can't afford to keep on rumbling on forever and ever because fans will just get dejected um naturally and yeah, we, we just need to be playing in Scunthorpe because obviously this club is the heart of the community. You know, there's not much going on in this area. And, a, you know, the town the size of ours needs its football club to be staying in town. And, you know, I think if we were to be based elsewhere, you know, it, we, we could potentially lose, you know, a generation of fans. You know, we, we need to be, we need to be sort of given answers sooner rather than later. And I think, you know, this whole, yeah, the, the two-year plan, it, it, it's just nonsense to me. I just can't see it. But, you know, I'm just hoping that, it's all sort of sooner rather than later and this thing can be forgotten about. Because, you know, it, it is upsetting when we've had all this nonsense the past few years um, and we just want our club based in our town and winning games, ultimately. That's all it boils down to. So hopefully, you know, this can be forgotten about and we can hopefully move on from it. Yeah, I think also it, it would be good to maybe get some clarity from the club on the proposed, proposed new stadium and, and kind of the progress that's been made there, even if it's just, um, you know, some some funding that's been secured in principle or some um, kind of further fleshing out of, of, of sort of the technical drawings for the site or, or anything like that would, would be good to have from the club because, as we said, we, we've kind of gone um, maybe quarter of a year since that announcement almost, I think, and and really we're, we're, no, um, we're no closer to... To, to getting a spade in the ground with with the time ticking, so you know, uh, I think it's important that the club gives us a little bit of um, a little bit of clarity on that. Um, uh, I'm sure that they will, and hopefully they will in in the coming weeks. And I'd just like to touch on a a comment there, Toby, that you made that potentially moving out of town to to somewhere like Gainsborough or somebody somewhere even as far flung as as Ilkeston, as you said, you know, you are in in risk of kind of alienating a whole generation of Scunthorpe United fans. So it's 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 really important that that, that we we keep within the town, that we train within the town, that that everything's kept within the community, and and let's hope that that that's the case. But again, it, this is very very up in the air at the moment. Um, and I think we we've got one more. <clears throat> 
question uh, again it's kind of on the ground again but i think it, it kind of sort of sums up the kind of anxiety around the situation from from a, an iron fan who's not affiliated to the podcast in any way so that's uh, andrew williamson and he said that the ground issue uh, and it, does it need a mediator to try to sort out the current stale, stalemate between peter swan and david hilton and he says that, that i feel that if it carries on it could be life-threatening for scunthorpe united and i think those are kind of um the sentiments that, that we've just echoed there really in 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 some part um and uh, I completely agree with that um, question or that statement, Andrew, that, you know, it, it is life-threatening to the club. It is life-threatening to the fan base. It's life-threatening to the revenue streams and the future and, and, and the kind of prosperity and, and the, the confidence that the club will continue to be a community asset. So um, I don't know if any of you guys have got anything else to, to elaborate on there based on that. No, I think it's a good point. I think it's, yeah, it just underlines what we've been saying really for, for this podcast. I think um, I think in a couple of weeks we, we're going to find out one way or another, what what happens? I think um, there is obviously a chance that it will be adjourned, and then you know it could go on. And I think Hilton's hoping. He's he said in the press, hasn't he, that he's hoping um, to take it sort of beyond Christmas and um, you know six to eight months as as a process, and and hoping we can stay at Granford Park and essentially just just kicking the can down the road. I think with that, but it would give us the majority of this season. Um, at Glanford Park, which I think you know that that's what he's hoping for, and he can get the fans through the gate. The football should be quite good, and he's probably seeing that as as the best solution at the moment. But I think long term, it's a good point about a mediator. I just at the moment with how it's gone and, and with how Hilton sort of refused to pay for for certain things. Um, you know, he he said Swan's not done certain things. Swan said, you know, that doesn't really matter. He's agreed to pay this. It's not gone through. At the end of the day. I think given it's gone down sort of essentially squatting the squatting route and, and we've not got a lease, but we're still at Glanford Park at the moment, I just think the relationship between the two is, has been soured that much. I just can't see them coming back to the table to negotiate anything. And that that's the worrying thing for me, that if they can't do that, and at the end of the day, I don't know why, why they would. I mean, if Hilton's hoping to build a new stadium somewhere else, why would he pay Swan um, the money for the for Glanford Park? And, and why would Swan, if, if he believes... Hilton hasn't got the money, which he said last week in his piece, um, when, in his statement that he put out, or whenever it was, a couple of weeks ago, that he hasn't got the money. Then why would he even try and negotiate to try and get the deal over the line if he was was of the opinion that he couldn't afford it and he doesn't have the funds to do so? So I think that's where we are. We're kind of a, a stalemate with it. Obviously, more will become clear after the court date. Um, and I think at the moment, with the facts we've got, probably the best thing that we could hope for is is that it is adjourned and, and we do get that kind of stay of execution, if you like, that we can, we can maybe have a bit more time for them to try and get around the table and come to some arrangement. Because at the end of the day, Hilton said he, he's still happy to pay the three million for it if Swan does the few bits that he mentioned. So, you know, I think I think it's going to be a very interesting few weeks and, and hopefully there is a positive re- resolution at the end of it. But I'm just struggling at the moment to see one. And I think, as I said, the best we could hope for is, is to stay in as long as possible while this kind of plays out in the background. But again, I mean, that's not the best situation or the ideal situation for the club uh, to be playing playing on and, and having all this rumbling on in the background. It is a bit of a distraction. And although the players would, would probably say, you know, they're, they're not too bothered, I'm sure, you know, it is creeping into their minds a little bit that, that it could be a bit of a distraction if they have to play somewhere else or, you know, if, if this is going to impact the long-term future of the club. So, yeah, it, it's one of those. I know the players will probably be professional and, and just get on with it, 
with a job. But but yeah, it's not an ideal situation to um, to have this playing out in the background. And um, yeah, hopefully we, we can get resolution, but I'm not convinced at the moment. You just need this to be resolved, really. You know, it's been gone on for too long now. More, I'm just sort of sick of hearing contrasting stories from different people and no official confirmation anywhere to be seen. So um, yeah, we sort of need to wait for this, this court date um, and then see what happens from there rather than... Uh, I suppose getting like too bogged down right now because we can't really do anything ourselves, obviously. So we're just going to hope that the relevant parties can come to an agreement and uh, secure the club's future, really. Yeah, <clears throat> agreed um, on everything there. And 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 thank you to everybody who's, who's sent a question in um, on, on Twitter. Um, there'll obviously be a, another opportunity to do that um, <clears throat> after the, the Tamworth game. I'm sure we'll be recording at the weekend after the result and to, to see how we get on there. So um, that will be um, more than interesting to, to kind of make a debut at this level. But yeah, I, th- I think that we've probably come to the end of, of, of this episode, really, the, the sort of opening episode of season five of the um, Iron Brew podcast. If, if you don't know who we are, we are the premier Scunthorpe United podcast. We have been for five years. We probably will be for another five years in the future. <laughs> So thank you for listening. Um, it's good to see you all. If you haven't yet, please do check out my um, my season preview on the Ironbrew website, which is iron-brew.co.uk, and it's called The Fair Light of Redemption Calls. Um, so please do check that out um, and let me know what you think. And, and again, let us know what you think of the podcast, any further questions, any any anything you want to engage on. Um, we are very active on Twitter, so feel free to do that. Um, but first and foremost, you know, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you again at the weekend. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 